Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm the birthday girl, Ashley Steves. Is it your birthday? I forgot <laughs> yeah. what day. Oh, happy huh. birthday. Thanks, Do- Matt. We've only been friends for like five years. It's fine. When's my birthday? June 26th. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm a horrible human being. Yeah, true. But that's okay. I mean... That's true. The, the, yeah. the, you didn't need me forgetting your birthday to <laughs> you send me uh, send that. me money or something as an apology. I'll take it. We'll see about that. I'll, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm making a note to myself to put it in my calendar though. February first, uh, Ash B Day. Okay, that's here we me. Go. Yep. Of course, I'm going to get it confused with Bruce Campbell's character from the uh, from uh, the Evil Dead. But we often whatever. get confused. Ashy yeah. slashy. Yeah, there we go. Uh, anyway, happy birthday to celebrate. Hey, thanks, we have dude. not a huge amount of news, but one very Yay. big story. But before we get into that, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broaderyradio, broaderyradio.com slash Patreon. Jan Simpson will have her, her latest episode of All the Drama coming up here this weekend in Patreon first before it heads over to the regular feed. So make sure that you go over there to check that out. It should be... A uh, a very good one. It is uh, about picnic or picnic, um, which has been a, a hit on both stages and screens. And I believe Sebastian Stan starred in the last Broadway revival, pre so, yeah. Winter Soldier days. Yeah. So uh, so that's fun. We look forward to hearing all about that. All right, let's get into the news. And the first big story is one that has literally been in the making. For three plus years at this point, it was finally confirmed something um, that I'd heard the last time I was in New York. But the Entertainment Community Fund, formerly the Actors Fund, has confirmed plans for its long gestating one night only benefit reunion concert of Ragtime. This, of course, had originally been scheduled for March of 2020 and then obviously didn't happen. Did not happen. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, the show will now take place on Monday, March 27th at the Menskoff Theater. The event will now be celebrating the 25th anniversary of the show's Broadway opening and will feature many of the original cast members, including Audrey McDonald, Brian Stokes Mitchell, and Peter Friedman. Of course, the late, great Marin Maisie will not be on hand, of course, to portray the role of mother. She will be replaced by the great Tony Award winner, Kelly O'Hara. There are worse replacements. Obviously, it's an impossible job to replace Marin Maisie. But if you've got to do it for a one-night-only event, not bad. I I had kind of had my mind on Kate Baldwin, and I don't know why – that is like mm. I don't know if she had been a, like maybe she did it somewhere else and maybe that's why I was thinking it, it, it could be her. She didn't do the Ellis Island one, did she? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, but it, it, maybe she might have. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, obviously you are absolutely right. Kelly O'Hara doing this is absolutely uh, fantastic. So here's the thing: if you did not buy tickets for the 2020 version of this. You don't have tickets for this one, pretty much. Because what they did was, is if you purchased the tickets for 2020, they allowed you to keep them until whenever this event eventually happened. You were able to get a refund. Some people did. I know people who did. But I don't think very many did. Because when the press release went out, as soon as I got it, I scrolled through. It said, this event is sold out. I was like, yeah, Great. good luck. Thanks I mean, lot. there'll probably there- be some resale of some kind. But I mean, hope you have I'm money. Not- 
Yeah, well, and they did have options for like like VIP sponsorship things because this is a benefit concert. So obviously you have, you know, the ability to give even more money to the entertainment community fund, which obviously does incredible, important work. So if you have that kind of cash and you want to make sure you see it, there are ways to do it, but not for the normal ticket prices that, you know, I would pay to go see chess or, or spring awakening or anything like that, that I've seen in the last few years. But I have said, you know, many, many times that I saw Ragtime on my very first trip to New York and I, it was the most spectacular thing I've ever seen. I thought it was yeah. epic. I thought it was a show that would run forever. Clearly, I did not factor in uh, certain future felons who decided to do things a little bit uh, shadily. But nonetheless, an absolutely incredible show, a near perfect show. And um, I wish I could be Someday there. I would have flown it. up. Yeah. Oh, you've never seen it at all? I mean, not on a stage in person, no. Oh, wow. Okay, I've seen a couple different productions. I think I've seen three different productions, including the Broadway one, but nothing fits, obviously, obviously, like Audra Stokes. Oh, God, no, yeah. It's very much on the bucket list, obviously. And this will not be the time, because... I I was not one of those people who had tickets no. in 2020, nor do I have a billion dollars laying around for a resale. Yeah, it's it, there, there. There will be resale tickets. They will be very expensive. It's but. true. Um, Kate was not in the Ellis Island concert. Laura Michelle who Kelly was? was. Oh, oh, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. a lovely casting as well. Also yeah. very good. Uh, Kate has a very good version of Back to Before, though, obviously. So. Maybe yeah, it's I wonder that if she that's did, in your brain. I feel like she did do it somewhere in New England, though. That's very possible. Anyway, very cool. Moving on to another show that is is very exciting and one that we will be talking quite a bit about, especially because I have a feeling this one's going to make a swing down through Orlando. But on Tuesday, Deadline had an exclusive report about who will be joining the creative team for the upcoming national tour then Broadway production of The Wiz. And normally I don't talk about creative teams like at the top of a show like this, but I think it's really interesting and there maybe is a little bit to talk about here. We already know that this show is going to launch in Baltimore, the same place that it launched in 1974 this coming fall before going on a mini national tour and then coming to Broadway in in the spring of 2024. It's going to be directed by Shelley Williams and will be choreographed by Jaquel Knight and Amber Ruffin is adding a little bit of additional material to oh, yeah. the original nice. story that features a book by William F. Brown and a score by Charlie Smalls and others. What I think is interesting about this is that the person doing the production design um, will be Hannah Beachler, who won an Academy Award for Black Panther. The mm. person doing the costume design will be Sharon Davis, who won an Emmy Award for the for the HBO show Watchmen. The oh, um, the nice. folks working on lighting design um, is Ryan J. O'Gara, who did Thoughts of a Colored Man, and the wig design is by Academy Award winner Mia Neal, who also did Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. For Interesting. Netflix. So what is interesting about this is that I don't know I I not all of these people are black. Um some of these uh these folks like the lighting designer sure. is not a black a black person. But the rest are black artists who have worked a lot with black stories. And obviously Black Panther, Watchmen, uh Ryan J O'Gara who is uh, not black worked on Thoughts of a Colored Man and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. These are all stories that center black people and 
we have heard so much, whether it's about um, wigs and hair or makeup or lighting, especially when it comes to photography, like yeah. black See, bodies uh, and people. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, they require something different. So I think it's very interesting that not only are they um, platforming uh, artists and creatives of color and black people specifically and black women uh, in, in a lot of these roles as well, but it's people who have an extensive history of doing incredible work with black stories and yeah. black actors, which I think is very important for this show, um, even though, uh, you know, The Wizard of Oz has had so many different incarnations. Sure. This is one that specifically highlights uh, black people and and black mythical characters, I guess. Yeah. So I think that that's a really interesting way to approach it. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that this is how they're going to take this show. And I hope that it swings through the Dr. Phillips Center in spring of 2024. And I also don't know how you would do this show without making sure your creative team actually had black people and broader people I mean, of color on. But Broadway would find a way to do it. Let's, let's I mean, <laughs> be honest about that. I mean, really? I feel like that's a very easy thing to imagine. Yeah. But- Oh, well, um, <laughs> sticking with, I guess, not just absolutely coincidentally, the, the last story we have in this top section is another story that features a lot of black people with black creatives as well. Um, starting last night, Tuesday, January 31st, there will be a new person stepping into the role of Little Michael in MJ the Musical. Sharing the role will be Bane Griffith. He will be joining um, Christian Wilson, who is also currently splitting the role uh, as Little MJ. So Corey J played his final performance in the role on Sunday. All right, real quick, let's dive into last week's Broadway grosses. And uh, as we are going to continue to see throughout the month of January, or I guess now we're getting into February, uh, before new things start to to open up, we did see a little bit of a decline, but it was minimal, $130,000, a 1% dip over the previous week. We had the same amount of shows, 23. That was because we had a closure, but also a, um, a new show in previews. Attendance did tick up by just under 2,000 people to come in at 206,578 people. In total, Broadway grossed $25,705,039. Interestingly enough, Phantom of the Opera continued to inch up. It picked up another $256,347 wow. last week. That is interesting. The biggest bump... The biggest bump in all of Broadway, uh, the piano lesson, which played its final show yeah. last weekend, had a great, uh, a great week. It picked up an additional $121,429 and it played to 99.83% capacity. A great way to send that show out. Overall, unsurprisingly, The Phantom of the Opera remained at the top of the heap. It was followed by Funny Girl at $1.87 million. Hamilton also at $1.87, but just slightly lower. The Lion King at $1.69, and then MJ at $1.58. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are Wicked, Moulin Rouge, the aforementioned piano lesson, Cursed Child, Aladdin, A Beautiful Noise, and Juliet, and Six just sneaking in there. Really fascinating to me, which shows are the ones north of a million dollars right now? Because I thought some of them would wane a little bit with without tourists to kind of prop them up. Things like Cursed Child, things like Aladdin, uh, things like Moulin Rouge that have been on yes. Broadway for a yeah. while. And you would think would rely on, on tourists a little bit more than some of these other ones. We've talked about A Beautiful Noise already kind of having 
you know, taking strides upwards post holidays, maybe because bridge and tunnel folks have been staying, had been staying away and are coming back. But it is really interesting. I think that's that, very possible. That, yeah. Yeah. But that and Juliet six, all north of seven figures is, uh, is pretty incredible. Down on the other end of the scale, the collaboration and between Riverside and crazy were at the bottom, both in the low to mid 300,000s, again, both in, uh, subscription houses. So a much different money making proposition for them at nonprofits. Then we had pictures from home, which is at a roundabout theater, but is not a roundabout production that came in during its week of previews, uh, at $457,276. Actually fairly decent for not a, bad, yeah. for a, yeah, for a straight play that doesn't have like huge name recognition in terms of the title. Obviously the, the stars are, are fairly decent stars. I'll be interested say, to see yeah. how their reviews. Um, do or don't increase this moving forward. Uh, interestingly enough, the lowest grossing show that does not have a, um, a closing date on the books is Kimberly Akimbo, which as we've, you know, talked about before is more than likely going to be the runaway favorite to win best musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it came in at just over $550,000. I mean, it's not closing before the Tonys because that would be foolish to close a show that is probably going to win the, um, yeah. uh, the Tony. But like you start to look at that and it's a small show, not a whole lot of, you know, tech that it has to pay for, but like it's not doing great, but it's not doing horrible. But it, it is kind of interesting that, that it's down there and the closest musical to it is Hades Town more than $200,000 more. Uh, in the oh. grosses ladder. So, you know, I don't know. And even, even Chicago, which is almost always the lowest grossing musical is up at $784,710 on the Jinx strength Monsoon of, of Jinx. Right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's making so, enough money to do with what it wants to always. I mean, that show could make like $87 yeah, a week exactly. and it would be It'd making be a profit because of how yeah, it's good. Exactly. It's, it's all set. And I mean, everything else, yeah. as far as like Kimberly Akimbo goes, uh, it's the same but opposite hand of talking about that these shows that you would think would be dying out by now from the lack of tourism season still thriving. Uh, you know, it's the opposite but equal reaction of that. The shows that are pretty well acclaimed and, as you said, are most likely going to win their Tony Awards that they'll be up for are the ones that don't have great name recognition because they're also Mm. usually original musicals. So I think people, I think there still is a tourism season. I think obviously there are the few weeks of of the year that are extreme tourism seasons as well as summer. But I do think January, there's still a lot of stragglers happening and they go for name recognition shows. And I think as they kind of die down to, um, a lot of people have seen Kimberly Akimbo or, or something yeah, like that, definitely. where the people who are locals either saw it off Broadway or have already saw, seen it on Broadway. So, uh, I think it's the same if, thing with Hades Town. Like people yeah. who, if, are, if they wanted are to see it, they've seen it probably multiple times. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. All right. Moving on and talking about one of the stars of one of my favorite musicals of all time, kind of putting on another hat. Of course, this will not be the first show that Lonnie Price has ever directed, but the, (laughs) but Lonnie is helming a new production of Peter Pan that will start in Minnesota's Ordway Center for the Performing Arts in December before heading out on a national tour. Thanks to Network's presentations. This one 
you think about that we networks is generally they they do have equity productions but generally they're kind of bus and truck non-ec tours more often than not but what makes me really interested about this is the fact that one it is going to launch a national tour in february of 2024 at the hippodrome in baltimore and then we'll go out on a tour that'll be announced here in, in the upcoming months but lonnie is directing this is that classic Peter Pan musical that we know that has a score by Moose Charlap, lyrics by Caroline Lee with additional lyrics by Comden and Green, and additional music by Julie Stein. That's all well and good. But the book will be updated by Larissa Fasthorse, which is Ooh. fascinating because Larissa is making her Broadway debut, as we talked about, I think, this week even, um, or last week mm-hmm. with the Thanksgiving play. But one of the reasons that this show has been increasingly problematic over the years is how it depicts um, Native American Indian princess um, Tiger Lily. So by yeah. getting an indigenous writer to kind of take a new look at this really is kind of fascinating. And this is a show that I grew up – I knew every word of this show. We had a couple oh, things really? that we watched on VHS yeah. tapes that had been broadcast on TV like this, the R&H Cinderella – um, there was one more I can't think of off the top of my head, but like we knew all every word. We would watch this over and over again. So the fact that this is getting a new look is really exciting, and I'm excited to see it, um, you know, Handled go out more on the sensitively road. Too. Yeah, and not with Christopher Walken playing P- uh, Captain Hook. I mean, that's but- all I ever want. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, we'll see in a bunch of newsies as the Lost Boys, but <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, f- Larissa Fasthor said, quote, I'm thrilled to be part of bringing Peter Pan to life for a new generation. If you loved this musical before, you will still see the show that enchanted you while discovering a Peter Pan that everyone can enjoy without harm for many years to come. So Mm, I'm excited about this. This is one. Obviously, it was um, I believe it was a Mary Martin version. I don't think it was a Kathy Rigby um, production, although there is one of those that's available to stream in various places. I think it w- must have been a Mary Martin version that had been on TV at some point and then re-aired over and over the years. But um, really exciting. So I'm 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 pumped about Love this. It. Yeah, it does look like it was Mary Martin's in 1960. There's multiple versions of this that have been on TV, but I think that's the one that that I grew up in because obviously I was born in the 60s. Yep, I was not. Yep, I was June not 26, 1960, which actually would. Would make me older than my mother. So uh, there we go. Hey, anyway, things have happened, right? <laughs> yes, only like well five of them, but yeah, not many. Um, anyway, moving on. And speaking of national tours that we are very excited about and that have a Sondheim connection, yesterday it was announced that the national tour of Into the Woods will be extending its Boston engagement. It will now play two weeks at the Emerson Colonial Theater from March 21st through April 2nd. I was at the press night for Wicked here in Orlando last week, and I asked the press reps, I said, hey, do you know when the End of the Woods tickets are going on sale? And uh, Julia, who's the press rep uh, that handles all this stuff, says, yes. Yes, I do know when the tickets are going on sale. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, said, you're not going to tell me, are you? Well... It's embargoed. She can't. Yeah, I understand yeah, that. She was I being understand. playful. We're, we're, she was friendly. But I was like, okay. She's like, I know when they're going on sale. You will know very soon. So I'm hoping to find that up because it's the only nah, tour nah, shop nah, that's nah, not nah, on nah. sale yet. Yeah. But I mean, I could have I could have done it all, you know, off the books or off the record and, and you know, just known for my own personal edification. But nonetheless, 
Uh, all right, real quick, let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that after 13 years being a part of the Wicked family, Alyssa Fox will be taking over the role of Alphabet the Gershwin Theater coming up on March 2nd. Um, and now we have a nice little Instagram story or, you know, mini essay that Alyssa has posted on her Instagram, kind of talking about what it means to be not only joining this Broadway production, but to be the Alphaba on Broadway for the 20th anniversary. She's the first Asian American Alphaba. Um, as she says, she's mixed, you know, she had proudly hashtag mixed. She says a child of both worlds, which obviously is a line taken directly from the musical. So, uh, she kind of chronicles the, the, um, the journey that she's had with the show. Um, she, she started, uh, she started in the show by joining the San Francisco sit down cast as an alphabet understudy, understudying former brother video guest, Eden Espinosa. Um, very cool. And, um, I'm excited to kind of see what happens with her. I might even head back to Oz to see this show again while wow, I'm in town next at some point. Go. I mean, I've seen it six times. Might as well make I know. seven. So, That's what um, I said the other yeah. day. It's that and Rent and Six that are just the only shows you're ever going to see again in rotation. Legally Bond. Don't, I mean, Legally Bond. Yeah, that's true. Gotta see. You're right. There's, There's four. Yeah. <laughs> Can't forget. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at No, This is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Wednesday. And I believe uh, Grace Aki and I will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>